0: You're listening to a live service from Faith Worship Center, Portia, Arkansas. Will you turn with me this morning to the book of Second Kings? Second Kings chapter number 6. It's a familiar story to the church, a story that most all of you have heard or know. And I'm leaving out part of it because it's... Uh, I feel it takes a different direction, and I want to keep this thought on your mind, on your heart. 2 Kings chapter 6, we we'll read verses 8 through 17, and we'll stop there. And the Bible says, starting in verse number 8, then the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such place shall be my camp. And the man of God, speaking of Elisha here, sent unto him, unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. The king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him, and warned him of, and saved himself there, not once nor twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servants, and he said unto them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king. But Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedchamber. And he said, Go, go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore sent he thither their horses and chariots and a great host. And they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they who be with us are more than they who be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray you, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and of chariots of fire round about Elisha. And I want to read that last verse one more time and leave that on your mind. Verse number number 17. Elisha prayed and said, Lord, this is his prayer. Open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened his eyes and the young man saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots and fire round about Elisha. I won't keep you standing for any type of introduction, but I'm going to, it's going to take me a minute to get to this text. And I'm not going to go into a lot of depth this morning in regards to this text. I wrestled back and forth in my thought process, uh, but I feel this is where I need to be at today, and I may not be before you long. But I want to minister just a moment, this thought, from the natural to the spiritual view, from the natural to the spiritual view. Will you bow your head and will you help me pray this morning that God would help us to minister. Father, I love you today and I'm thankful, God, for your grace and for your mercy and for your love. I'm thankful, God, for your presence that we've already felt, that we've already experienced. God, I thank you for your presence this morning, God, just in my my private prayer time, Lord, with you. And I thank you, Lord, for your word today. I'm thankful, God, for every individual and every family that is represented here today. And, Lord, I ask this morning that you would open our ears to hear your word, God, and open our hearts to receive. And, God, anoint my lips to deliver your already anointed word. I pray, God, that you would do what no man can do, and that is to move upon our hearts, our lives this morning. And I'll be very careful to give you the praise, the glory, and honor in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody says, amen. I recall back just a a moment, and again, I'm not going to go into a lot of great depth into this text. But in the month of October, I spent three weeks there, three weeks in a row, uh, teaching on and talking about spiritual warfare. We went from 1 Peter chapter 4 to Ephesians chapter 6 to the whole armor of God, and we looked into the fiery trial and it's not a common thing really not that it's not something that i I don't love but it's not a common thing for me to teach three wednesday nights in a row pastor brian or brother west harden usually takes the wednesday nights and and uh it's it's nice to sit and be taught to these men are anointed and they can rightly divide the word and it's just nice to sit and be taught but I took three weeks here in a row, and I could not leave the thought process of spiritual warfare and the things that we go through as a believer. I know this is somewhat different, but I'm going to talk to you for just a moment. And we went from uh, Peter chapter number 4, and we talked about the fiery trial, which is the try you. And that literally means the trial, which is to ignite. And it talks about there igniting our faith. Everything that we face ought to ignite our faith. It shouldn't put us in the dumps and shouldn't put us down and out, though it does. But it should ignite our faith. That's the moment that we begin to believe. In Ephesians chapter 6, when we look at the full armor of God, when the fiery darts of the, of the, uh, of the, um, of the devil, of the wicked one, himself. And that fiery darts there, literally, instead of igniting our faith, means to ignite our flesh. And the truth of the matter is, in every trial and everything that we go through as a believer... It's either going to fire our spirit up or it's going to fire our flesh up. And if we fire our flesh up, we get plum aggravated and we get plum out out of sorts and we get out of the way. And look, we get out of character in regards to anything that God has tried to build. We blow our witness and we look back and we're completely, I better preach to me and not them because this is uh, uh, something that I can take. But I'm, I'm completely ashamed of myself when I get it fired up in the flesh. But if my faith is ignited and I back up and I hit my knees and I begin to believe and check my faith and make sure that my faith is anchored in Jesus Christ and what He done for me on the cross of Calvary, it's there that I can fight. If my flesh is ignited, I'm going to lose. But if my faith is ignited, according to the Word of God, I cannot lose. No matter what comes my way or what I face, as long as I keep my faith in Christ and what he did for me on the cross of calvary well the outcome is always victory to the believer with proper faith and so as we looked at this and i talked about uh even standing there having the full armor of god on verse number 16 says above all take the shield of faith you know what's more important than anything is that your faith is right above all Making sure you've got the shield of faith, which is literally like a door. I'm hiding behind the door. Who is the door? Jesus said, I'm the door. And as long as I'm, I use Will in church cam as an example of this. Look, if Will, stand up for me, Will, real quick. Will was my door. We put one of these kids behind Now, what's going to hit one of them kids if they're standing behind Will? Absolutely nothing. Thank you, Will. That's the same way with the door. As long as I'm standing behind Christ, my shield of faith, nothing is going to hit me. In other words, here's the the right way that this process ought to work. My faith ought to be ignited and my flesh shouldn't be ignited. Although it is because I step out behind the door. Okay? And during this time, these last three, four weeks in October, not just myself, But I had some calls, I had some texts, I had some visits, I had people that made contact. And a spiritual battle had begun in your life, in your family, in your home. Maybe not all of you, but several of you. Some of you I don't know about. Some of you I do. I'm not trying to be something I'm not. I mean, do you know how I knew? Because you called me. You told me. That's how I knew. And so the spiritual battle began. And not because it was me teaching, but I believe the Lord had a hand and He had a plan in teaching and preparing and getting us ready for what is to come. God never throws you into something without you being prepared. And so He was preparing us. And I'd be lying if I said that that's not affected my thought process some. I'm human. I'd be lying if I said it didn't affect my thought process, but the truth is... I feel I'd be wrong if I went anywhere else or talked about anything else. So, I'm here this morning. One of the most simple messages maybe that I'll ever preach, but I'm here this morning to remind us of some things that you already know. I'm just going to remind you of some things you already know. Because I feel that's needful, hopefully, to change our view from the natural view to the spiritual view, what we see going on from what is really happening behind the scenes. Let me begin like this, and I, I'm preaching to myself also. What is spiritual warfare? Is it one of those terms that we throw around me, and Brother Wes has talked about it, like walking in the Spirit? Well, we really don't take the time to teach. Does the body of Christ know what spiritual warfare is? Is it just a good word to throw out for a preacher? Do you know what spiritual warfare is do you know what spiritually fighting is well spiritual warfare and without going into a lot of depth because i want you to understand it and i want you to know what it is it's an unseen attack it is an unseen invisible attack from the enemy and this unseen attack from the enemy of our soul is in an attempt to destroy our faith in christ that's what his mission is He's trying to destroy your faith in Christ. If He destroys the marriage on the way, so be it. If He discourages your family on the way, so be it. If He takes your finances on the way, so be it. All of these things He does on His journey to destroy your faith in Jesus and what He's done for you on the cross of Calvary. It's an unseen attack. You didn't see the enemy coming into your marriage but you realized there's problems after the problem was already there. It was an unseen attack. He didn't knock on the door. He didn't ring your doorbell. He didn't say can I ride with you to work? It's an unseen attack. And the whole time He's dealing and moving upon your spirit, trying to get you to quit believing in Christ and what He's done for you on the cross of Calvary. Because if He can get you to quit believing, listen, we are saved by faith. We walk by faith. We stay by faith. We're going to make it by faith. And if He can get you to quit believing, He has got you right where He wants you. Now, He affects our thoughts. I said hour. I'm preaching to me, it affects our feelings. And we know that we don't go on what we feel, we go on what we know, but the truth is most of the time we go on what we feel. He will, makes us question everything that we believed. I had no idea if we weren't good friends or I thought that he would, it would offend him, I wouldn't say it, but I had no idea some of the things maybe that Brother Shea has faced in the last few weeks, months, whatever it is. He got up here a couple of weeks ago leading worship. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move upon him. And he told us, I began to question everything. I even began to question what I knew was truth. I began to question Christ himself. Can I tell you this? I'm not lifting him up this morning. He's my friend, one of the best friends outside of family I've got. But listen, he's not a baby in Christ. This ain't his first Sunday. He's not an immature believer. He sits on the board here at Faith Worship Center, he is spirit filled. I was standing with him right there when his wife got healed when the doctors went six months and said we don't know what is going on. The spirit of the Lord spoke to my heart about about walking her, but I I was not my place to say anything or doing it. And then he said, hey, I think the Lord, I think the Lord wants us to begin to walk her across the front. You know what that tells me? He knows the voice of the Lord because it bear witness with mine. He's not a baby in Christ. He's not somebody that just come on to Christianity. This is not all new to him. He is somebody that is rooted and grounded and found you'll look a long time before you see somebody that is anointed more than him to lead praise and worship and guess what he got up and said the devil has got me to the enemy I had me to the place I was questioned everything that I ever had listen I don't care if you've been preaching for hundred and fifty years I don't care if grandma and grandpa was the most anointed that you've ever seen I don't care what your last name is I don't care how much you know about the Bible the truth of the matter is we are subject to the attack of the enemy and if we don't get our guard up he will win and overcome our soul doesn't matter who you are doesn't matter who we are there's marriages in here this morning that are divorced that blow people's mind because uh, that is bulletproof is it all right if i just be real with you this morning There are people in here this morning uh, that that, uh, there are people that are outside that are backslid that we would have thought never would have walked away from God. Do you think the devil just walks away from us because you got a calling on your life? Do you think he just walks away from us because uh, you said, I love Jesus? No, sir. He's waiting. He is at a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Listen, do you want to know what the devil's doing right now? He is looking at your life and looking for a way to destroy your faith. Listen, and if you say, I don't know about that, he's closer than you think. I better stick with my notes, but I'm preaching good. He affects our thoughts, he affects our feelings, everything we believed in, everything we've invested in. He will steal our joy, our desire to live for Christ, once on fire for God, seeing God do some great things, and next day ready to throw in the towel and give up everything that we've ever invested. And because his attack is so intense, can make the strongest Christian get so consumed, With what is going on, what they are feeling, what they are seeing in the natural, that we give no thought to the spiritual realm at all. I want to be plain, and I hope I'm plain. He attacks the spiritual, not the natural. But we see the effects of the spiritual attack in the natural. Is that plain? We see the effects of the spiritual attack in the natural. All of a sudden, I'm bickering and fighting with those that's in my house or those that I work with and because he's trying to cause division. I hope that's plain this morning. He's affecting, he's attacking the spiritual. But we see the effects in the natural. And we probably asked and wonder why God has let it go on this far. Why did God let it go on this far? Why did he allow... Me to get to this point where I'm so discouraged and ready to quit him. I'm I'm preaching good. Why did he let it go on this point? I want to tell you this morning, I don't know everything, but here's one thing that I've learned. There's a reason God lets a battle or a storm or a trial go as far as what, farther than what we think it needs to go. Listen to what I'm about to say. Because there's a dramatic difference between knowing the Scripture and believing it. There's a huge difference between knowing it and believing it. You see, we know Isaiah 54 and 17. You may not know where it's at exactly, but you know the Scripture. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. But do you believe it? Do you believe it? Let me just tell you this. You can know all of them you want to know. But if you don't believe it, it don't matter. God said, Abraham, take Isaac upon the mountain, offering for a sacrifice. And this dad marches his son up the mountain. God, we got, uh, dad, we got everything we need, but we don't have a sacrifice. Well, God will provide himself for a sacrifice. Laid him on the altar after he bound him. Raised the knife to take his life. And the Lord called Abraham, Abraham. For now I know. Now I know. Do we believe it? How about Isaiah 59? When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against it. We know it. We preach it. We announce it. We amen it. We shout it. But do we believe it? We know this morning. 1 John 4 and 4. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. But do you believe it? Do you believe it? We know that the Bible says, Romans 8, if God be for us, who can be against us? But do you believe that? Do you believe it? Knowing it, and believing it. <laughs> Here's how different it is. Knowing it, okay. Believing it, then you've got the help that you need. Listen, these shouldn't just make us rejoice when everything is good, they should give us hope and equip us to fight because we believe them. It ought to ignite our faith, not ignite our flesh. I just come to ask you this morning, how come is it when everything is going good in our life, That we will shout and we will amen and we will stand and we will raise our hands and we will clap and we'll come up to the front and we'll worship and we'll dance a little bit. But when everything is not going good and somebody can say no weapon is formed against you in the back of our mind, you're thinking, but you're not going through what I'm going through. And two Sundays before we were saying, amen, that's right. No weapon formed against me will prosper. The next week, my home's tore apart. Got more problems than what I know what to do with. Somebody says the same verse, and we're quiet. I'm preaching good. We look at all of the problems in the natural, and we quickly forget. It's not even about what's going on in the natural. I said we. We look at all of the issues in the natural. And we forget it's not even about what is going on in the natural. There's an unseen battle that is trying to destroy your faith. And He's working through the natural to get your attention. Because if He can keep your attention in the natural, you will forget the spiritual and quit believing upon the Word of God. It's not even about the natural. Sometimes, I just made some footnotes and I'm kind of shotgunning you this morning. Sometimes, we are Elisha that will march right into the city and say, I'll tell you what, give me 450 prophets of Baal. They can make their sacrifice upon that altar. I'll make mine upon this altar. We will shout out to the God that is alive, and whichever God answers by fire, let that be the God that we worship. And the prophets of Baal get up there. They're so ignorant and caught up in their sin, they're cutting themselves, screaming and hollering and everything. Elisha, Elijah's saying, uh, Maybe your God is asleep. I, I don't know, but he's not hearing you. And then Elijah gets up and says, my God, the one true God, let all know that you are the one living God. And answer and consume this by fire. And God does uh, and consumes the altar and licks up the water around the sacrifice. Uh, Sometimes we're that Elijah. And then the next day, we're hiding in a cave. We're hiding in a cave. I said we. We're hiding in a cave. Sometimes we're Job. That is saying, regardless of what my spouse says, regardless of what my friends are saying, regardless if I've got bulls all over my flesh, regardless of I'm sitting in sackcloth and ashes, regardless of the fact that I've lost my children and all of my goods and my animals and all of my crops, regardless of all of this, I will proclaim that I know that my Redeemer lives and the next day we are Job that is cursing the day we were born. We go from one extreme to the next because we go from natural to spiritual. We're like a yo-yo that's going back and forth. One day we're Peter that says, no, they will not arrest you. I will die first. I'm going to die first. Uh, They're not coming after. They may get the rest of them, but they're not going to get you. I will die first. And he even tries to prove his point when they come in to take him and rushes out and cuts the ear off of a soldier. And the next day we're Peter who's saying, I don't even know the man. I don't even know him. I don't even know who he is. I wasn't with him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. No, I wasn't. Peter gets so mad, he starts cursing. Talking about throwing it out all at once and getting rid of it. I want y'all to know that I wasn't with him. I also want you to know that I'm opposite of them. So he denies him and goes to cursing the ones that say you were with him. No. No, I wasn't. He goes to cursing. See how greatly, how quickly we give up and we quit because of the events and the natural has blinded us so much to what's going on in the spiritual that we're consumed and we're trying to fight him. Listen, the devil's not just after your children. He's after your faith. The devil's not just after your marriage. He's after your faith. Right. It, marriage, children, job, these things, they're just a stepping stone. Whatever he has to affect in our life. And Let me tell you something. I don't care who you are. He knows what button to push for you. He knows. Me and Kyle talking about it one day if he was a fisherman. He knows what bait to put on there. He knows. He's got us figured out how quickly we give up. But I want to tell you this morning, we've got to remember some truth. We've got to remember that God is still God. And besides Him, there is no other we got to remember that God is God that has never changed. You see, the truth is, He is still able to part the water. The truth is, He's still able to quench the fire. The truth is, He is still able to shut the mouth of the enemy. The truth is, He is still the marriage counselor. The truth is He's still able to bring our loved ones in to salvation. The truth is, listen to me, He is not ignoring your prayer. Not ignoring your prayer. He didn't turn us a deaf ear. He didn't shut us away. The truth is that the power of God working for us is greater than the forces of darkness that are against us. And if we'll keep our faith in Christ and what He's done for us on the the cross of Calvary, that power, that power source of the Holy Spirit will keep working in us. I'm going back to our text, but I'm not going to read it. Elisha here. The Spirit of the Lord was telling Elisha every single thing that the king of Syria would talk about. And Elisha, as the prophet of God, would go and tell the king of Israel, he's planning on attacking you here. He's planning on meeting you here. You don't need to go that way because he's going to be waiting on you. And so he would tell the king and was protecting God's people. The king of Syria called his people together. Not knowing anything about the voice of the Lord. He said, which of y'all is for Israel? Which one of y'all is on Israel's side? Somebody here is going down and telling Israel where I'm going to attack. Because every time we get there, they're already ready for us. And then his servant said, nobody's telling him nothing. They got a prophet down there by the name of Elisha. And every time that you speak something, even in your bedchamber. In other words... The, the secret of most secrets, the Lord was revealing all of them to Elisha. Who is this Elisha? He's the prophet of God. Where's he at? Well, he's in Dothan. Okay. Well, we'll go to Dalton and we'll get Elisha first. You see, his attack was on the king. He really wanted the king. Was no much to glory in just because you got a man or even a prophet. But if you killed the king. If you took the king out, that's who he really wanted. But Elisha was in his way. Where they go to Dalton? take a host, a host, thousands, surround the city. They get all surrounded. Servant come in and said, Elisha, huh, there's a host, a multitude of people. of Syria that is camped all around us. He says, how shall we do? In other words, he's saying, what in the world are we going to do? There's no way to get out of this. And Elisha, I don't know. I kind of put it in my own words. I picture things, you know. Calm down. He says, fear not. Over 300 times in the Word of God, it tells us to fear not. He says, fear not. Well, how come? Well, because they that are with us. Are greater than they that are with them. <laughs> they that are with us are greater than they are with them. I can't imagine what the servant is thinking. Elisha's lost his mind. He's, he's been drinking out of the wrong creek or something. He's messed up. He said, Now, they that be with us are greater than they that be with them. And he said, Lord, I pray. I feel this in my spirit, that you would open the eyes of your servant, that he would see, that he would see all that is with us. And telling the servant, I know it's not in Scripture, again, I'm paraphrasing. Servant, take another look. And he looks, and he sees the chariots, the fire, and the horses that are camped all around him. He can look at the army of Syria, and then he can look at those that are with them, and my, eye. they outnumbered them far more. They were far greater in power, in every in every attribute they were greater. I can't imagine the servant maybe turning around and saying, okay, I'm a believer now. But I want you to look at how quickly everything changed for this servant. He looked in the natural, and he was scared to death. In fact, if, we, if the Scripture gave us more detail, it would probably put in there, that the servant thought there was no way out, there was no option, there was nowhere to turn, that this is the end for him and Elisha. That's probably, I'm saying probably. Don't nobody go back and say, Steve said it was in about, no, I didn't. I'm just talking about thoughts because that's, what, that's the thoughts that fear puts in our mind. The servant probably was thinking all of these things. And then Elisha says, but God. Open his eyes so he can see what I see. And when he looked back the second time, guess what happened? All the fear was gone. Peace filled his heart. There was an assurance all of a sudden that he had that he didn't have the first time he looked out the window. All of a sudden, he wasn't worried anymore because he knew not only know, but he believed that no matter how many was with the king of Syria. That they that were with them was greater than they that were with Syria. They that are for us are greater than those that are against us. Here's what I want you to know. The servant could see what was happening in the natural. But at his first look, he didn't know what was going on in the spiritual realm. Oh, that was good. He could see what he could see. As far as this flesh and the five senses. But he did not know what was going on in the spiritual realm. He forgot what was going on behind the scenes. You see, it's not by coincidence, listen, that you're praying for your family to get saved and all of a sudden your marriage is having trouble. It's not by coincidence all right, I'll preach to me. It's not by coincidence that I'm praying for Faith Worship Center and God to help us to continue to move toward the vision that we have. It's not by coincidence that when I'm praying for these things that all of a sudden the roadblock comes and I'm left thinking, but how in the world am I going to get past this? It's not by coincidence That you are giving and tithing and offering and praying that God would bless your finances and then all of a sudden something come and attack your finances. These things are not coincidental. These things are a spiritual attack. But what I want you to see is uh, while we know what's going on in the natural, we don't see what's going on in the spiritual. And what God is trying to do is saying, okay, you know it. You know I'm a blessing God. You know that I'm not willing that any would perish. You know I can open up the windows of heaven. But do you believe it? Do you believe it? Oh, we shout about by His stripes we are healed until we get sick. I'm preaching good. And then the moment we get sick, Where we look in the natural or spiritual is going to consume us. In the natural, listen, here's the two outcomes. In the natural, you're going to be defeated. You don't have to, listen, don't wonder how's this going to turn out. I'm telling you. If you consume by the natural, defeat is how it's going to turn out. If you consume by the spiritual, if you lose, that makes this book a liar. I know I bring it up a lot. And she got mad at me several times. But when the devil hit Brother Jeff, Sister Megan, Brother Jeff left. When Sister Megan would ask me, what am I going to do? And I would say, you got to listen to the voice of the Lord. You got to listen to the voice of God. That's one thing she got sick and tired of listening to. She told me one time, and you all know, Megan, you all know I'm not lying. But she said, I will punch you. And I would say, listen, here's the truth. As long as you keep your faith in Christ and what he did on the cross, you're smack dab in the middle of a battle that you cannot lose. You can't lose. That makes this void. I'll quit today if it's void. I'll give it up today. But as long as you keep your faith in Christ, I've seen two times, Sister Anita posted one time, Sister Renee went from that text, Though I go through the waters, they will not drown me. Though I go through the rivers, I will not be drowned. Though I walk through the fire, they will not burn me. It doesn't say you're not going. It says when I go. When I go, when I go, when I go, I will not be drowned. And I will not be consumed. I want you to understand the natural is defeat. But in the spiritual, we're more than overcomers. Where we look and where our focus is, is vital. I want you to think, I'm about to quit. I want you to think about this. In the time when Moses came off the mountain, fiery serpents were everywhere. The Lord said, take a brazen serpent, a type of Christ. Put it upon your staff atop at of the cross. I want you to raise it up. He gave it to somebody. They went to running around the whole camp, thousands of them. He couldn't stand in one place. He had to run. And as he began to run, he was shouting out, look and live. Look and live. Guess what? Fiery serpents were still there. I don't know if you're afraid of snakes or not, but if there's snakes around about me, I'd have probably probably died. I'm done. If they could have caught me. But he's shouting, look and live. In other words, he had to take the focus off of a bunch of serpents that are on fire. Think about it. Serpents that are on fire onto a brazen serpent that's on a staff. And the moment they quit looking at all of these serpents that were trying to consume them and trying to dodge them, and they turned and they looked. I'll use the cross as an example. As the staff and the guy that was saying, look and live. It didn't matter what was going on down here. <laughs> Oh, that's good. It didn't matter what was going on down here because they were guaranteed that they would live. Peter said, Lord, if it's you, bid me come on the water. Jesus said, Come. He gets out, walking to him, looks at the storm, begins to drown. Jesus comes up, pulls him back up as long as he was looking to Christ. You see, we'll look in the natural or we'll look in the spirit. We'll look in the natural and be defeated. Or we'll look in the spiritual realm, look to Christ and what he did on the cross of Calvary, and we shall live. Just trying to take your view off the natural, what's going on, onto the spiritual realm so that you have victory. I want my praise and worship team to come. Normally don't, or whoever Brother Jeff is, has to come. And I want to end with this as they're coming. If you would look with me. On the screen to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Verses 3, 4, 5, and 6 says this. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Think about that. We live in the flesh. But my enemy is not an enemy of flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not carnal. You can't win a spiritual battle fighting in a natural way. You can't win a spiritual battle using natural sources. That's why we are very plain in in saying, when regards to the problems of men, you can't depend upon a man-made way to fix the problem of man. That is trying to fix a spiritual problem with a natural cure. It will never work. The weapons of our warfare, talking about the believer, they are not carnal. But here's what they are. They are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. In other words, they are greater. Stronghold literally means fortress or castle. The strongest and greatest uh, um, uh, fortress that they would have in the the days of old was a castle. And he says they're greater than that to the pulling down of strongholds. Watch this. Casting down imaginations and every high thing. Look, not all. I mean, not just some of them. Every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Listen to that. I'm not going into a lot of depth. But how often does the devil take something and raise it up as a better idea than serving God? Against the knowledge of God. Everything that is against the knowledge that you have in God. He says he will cast them down. Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Every thought now I don't preach on the mind without preaching on the heart because it's 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 useless. I'm not going to tell you how to think without talking about the problem of the heart. That's ridiculous. Every thought that comes to the mind proceeds out of the heart. We got to get to the root of it. Okay? I'm not going to leave you say go out and think positive. No, I'm going to tell you, place your faith in Christ and what he did on the cross of Calvary. He will start to build hope and joy in your life. Your thoughts will fall in place. And he says this, every thought to the obedience of Christ, watch this. Because there's times, again I'm preaching to me, that we think about giving up or quitting. Okay, there's times that I think about giving up or quitting. But that is not a thought that is under the obedience of Christ. I never forget, I went down to camp meeting, Easter camp meeting. Sister Becky was unable to go. And I told her, I said, I'm going to go. I just feel like I need to go. It was a time in my life when I was pretty discouraged, down and out. So I went, I drove seven and a half eight hours by myself and got a room by myself, and just going to spend some time, just me and the Lord. I told God when I got there. I said, "God, I'm discouraged. I feel defeated. I feel useless. I feel like I'm wasting my time. I never asked God for a word, so to speak. But I said, "Lord." Just need to hear something from you. I just need to hear something while I'm here. I'd like to hear from you. Ten o'clock was the first service. Brother Lauren Larson was preaching the first service. And he got up and he began to preach a message. I don't remember exactly everything that he preached in regards to what he brought out in Scripture. But he stops in the middle of that message. And he says, I just come back from vacation with my family from Florida. She said, we got some problems. Brother Larson is transparent. He don't care if he's there or not. But we got some problems within the ministry. We got some things going on. And it just looked a lot better for me to go on up Montana where my roots are and pastor a church or maybe help some churches rather than stay. Coming back, he had his mind made up. That's that's what I'm going to do. Driving on his way back to Baton Rouge. The Lord spoke to his heart and he said, listen. You need to fight to stay. And I'll never forget as he looked at the congregation. And maybe he didn't mean to. I'm not trying to make more out of it than what it was. But it was special to me. But he looked around that congregation. He looked and he zoned in on me and he said. And it's a word for you too. You need to fight to stay. I'm wanting to quit. I'm wanting to give up. I'm wanting to go do something different. Had a different. I had a job offer. had everything set. And the Lord spoke to my heart and said, fight to stay. And I couldn't go to lunch. I left afterwards. And I went back to the hotel room and I was just thanking the Lord. Because it spoke to my heart. Listen. The Bible says that He'll bring every thought Every thought under obedience. If we keep our faith in Christ. Having the readiness to revenge all disobedience. When your obedience is fulfilled again. It's going to fire up my faith. Or it's going to ignite my flesh. Am I ready to revenge? By saying but God. Or am I ready to throw in the towel? Saying I've done all I'm going to do. Church, I just come to tell you, it's so easy to get consumed in the natural. We've got to have our focus upon what's going on in the spiritual to be what God wants us to be. And there's going to come a day, as there already has been several days in your life, that I'm going to look back and I'm going to give God praise and glory for everything that He's already done. You know what? Most of us could give up now. But we'd be a liar if we went and said, God never did nothing for me. Because the truth of the matter is, quit today. Quit this hour. Walk out and never come back. But it will never change the fact that God has blessed your family and that God has kept His hand upon you, and that God has blessed your home, and that God has made a way when there seemed to be no way, you'll never change the fact that God has been good to you. He's been merciful to you because He's loved us. The truth of the matter is, we're going to look back on our life and we're going to say, the story that I'll tell is that God has been faithful and that He's been blessing to me. Let it bless your soul this morning. Think about it,
1: and i testify of the battles you won. How you were my portion. Think about it.
0: You never fail church, you never fail. Think about it. Come on, let the Lord use you.
1: Options are few.
0: Options are few.
1: When I can see what you do, I know that you're the God who comes the room. Oh, but I know that over the years. Come
0: on, sing it. Portion
1: when there wasn't, an and thou testify of the seas that we've
0: crossed. Come on, sing it.
1: About it. Whoa, whoa, my God did, not,
0: he did fail. not fail this morning. He did not fail. Whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. Here's it's the story. story.
0: call simple this morning as they're still playing I just feel led to call us together us together we would pray God open my eyes to spiritual to the spiritual realm that I can see what's happening that I would know let me get my eyes off the natural all of the problems and everything I see and back on to the spiritual things that matter this morning I'm not leaving out salvation because there's no greater blindness to the spiritual realm than to those that are not born again. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, you ought to get somebody by the hand. There's, the altars are about to be full. But you ought to get somebody by the hand and say, I want you to pray with me. Make your way down here. Tug on my, sh- my coat. Whatever you got to get my attention. I would love nothing more than to lead you to Jesus Christ this morning. But in the natural, you'll be defeated. In the spiritual, we shall overcome. So that's our altar call this morning, that we would get our eyes open to the things in the spiritual and off of the things and the problems of the natural. Will you start that second verse out one more time? And this morning, the altars are open. You need to come. If the Lord's dealt with your heart, now's the time to apply it today.
1: Believing gets hard. Come on, sing it. I'll look back on this moment and see your hand on in and know you were here. Hallelujah. And I'll testify of the battles
0: you, you want to come pray for somebody, it'd be a good time. It'd be a good time to pray for somebody. Pray one for another. Pray for your brother. Pray for your sister. Right now is a good time. just worship with us just a moment just a moment
1: hard
0: think about the words of the song
1: when options are few options are few when i can't see what you when do I can't see i know that you rule come on now the god who Hallelujah. Oh, but I know that over the
0: years, come on, sing it, huh? i look
1: back on this morning and strain your hand on it.
0: Hallelujah. And know you love. Hallelujah.
1: How you you were, were my portion. My portion when there wasn't enough.
0: Come on, let's worship just a moment. Hallelujah. Church, He didn't fail.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's story
0: I'll Hallelujah. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. And God, we're thankful for everything that you've done this morning. God, everything that you've done for every individual this morning. God, I pray that we've been encouraged. I pray, God, that we have been challenged. I pray this morning, Lord, that our spiritual eyes have been opened up. Lord, that we would quit being clouded by the things of the natural. And God, that we would move, Lord, according to what is really going on and what you are really doing. I'm asking this morning in the name of Jesus that these things would be in our remembrance, God, and in our heart. God, just because of this service this morning, the enemy's not going to quit. He's not going to cease. But God, we know also, Lord, that as long as we keep our faith in Christ and what He's already done on the cross, we're not just a conqueror but we're more than a conqueror lord and i pray this morning that you would move and remind us all lord let our faith to be ignited lord and not our flesh Help us to trust you, God, to hold to you, God, and to follow you. Lord, to press toward the mark, toward the prize of the high calling of God, Lord. Lord, that we would lay hold on eternal life. In the name of Jesus, I pray it this morning. I thank you for everything that you've done. But most of all, I thank you for those, God, that gave their heart to you. God, for the one that was born again this morning, Lord, we rejoice and we're grateful. And we ask it all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Well, it's been good to be in God's house today. If you were blessed by this message, you can find us on Facebook at Faith Worship Center, Porsche, Arkansas. Our contact for prayer or donations is by mail, Faith Worship Center, P.O. Box 296, Porsche, Arkansas, 72457. Through Messenger or PayPal, you can find that link on Facebook also. Thank you, and God bless you and your family.